You're listening to Systems Thinking for Kids, the podcast for teachers and others who want to help kids learn through understanding systems, because everything is connected. On Systems Thinking for Kids, you'll hear conversations about how to illuminate connections for kids in the classroom, the community, and everywhere in the world. Systems Thinking for Kids is a project of the Wildwood Outreach Center at Wildwood School in Los Angeles. This is Systems Thinking for Kids. Your host is Jody Becker. My guest on this episode is Jocelyn Paez. Jocelyn is a learning specialist at the Lovett School in Atlanta, a K-12 independent school. She was previously a classroom teacher for many years, so she brings a wealth of experience to deploying systems thinking for kids. Her toolkit is packed with ideas, and we'll talk about a few today, especially one that works well in person and online. Jocelyn, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So let's start with the real day-to-day. You coach both teachers and kids in learning. And before we get to the systems piece, I know you do a lot with design thinking. Can you briefly explain what that is? And then we'll talk about how it intersects with a systems approach. Design thinking is a process that people have probably heard about by now. I believe that Stanford University has their design school, and that's where they originally formulated the initial process. Lots of companies and organizations and schools have kind of taken that as a template and iterated their own versions to make it more kid-friendly or user-specific, depending on what industry they're in. But essentially, it's just a process that you walk through to figure out a design problem or a design question. And it's really great for guiding students to figure out where they can connect with the learning on a deeper level. So getting them to figure out like what the cause of a problem is or getting feedback through empathy interviews to understand the users that they're um, designing for, to figure out what it is that they need to do as designers to create solutions. So that is essentially a practice that many teachers are already using and have in place in the classroom. And then there's the systems piece. So can you talk a little bit about how you came to systems and why you felt like it was a good way to connect? I was at a workshop last fall before everything happened with COVID, and I met a facilitator of one of the workshops who had kind of introduced this concept of mixing design thinking and systems thinking together, and we got to talking after her session, and she actually recommended me to the Wildwood School, who hosts a systems thinking workshop. And I'd heard a little bit about it before, but to me, it sounded like these two things just work so hand in hand. And I love how the systems thinking model really helps visualize the connections that we are trying to help people, but especially kids see in the world so that things are not appearing in isolation, but in fact, they're appearing to show the interconnectedness of everything around us. So when you first thought about it, give me some examples of ways that you thought you might be able to use systems. 
So I think that one of the big drivers for me when working with students and helping teachers sort of navigate systems thinking as well as design thinking is the action and service piece that tends to be associated with the the end product. So how are we showing action? How are we stepping forward to identify something that might not be working so well and actually take part in the solution and making it work better? So lots of schools tend to start off the school year talking to their classes about community. And so what I like to do with with all of the kids that I work with, whether they're kindergarten all the way through fifth grade, is to talk about like what does a healthy community system look like? And it's funny because initially when I started thinking about the word systems and the age of a kindergartner, it was funny because I was like, I'm not sure that they're going to understand what a system is. But to my surprise and to the surprise of, of many teachers that I share this story with, they they do understand it and they understand it much faster than you think because the word system can be complex and loaded we tend to feel as adults that like children are not going to understand that but when you put the word system into a very basic context so if you had a glass of water on the table and you said what system does this glass of water connect with they might say well there's the water system They might say there is the container system. They might say there is the glass system. There is the holding system. There's the drinking system. There's the body system. So they can start seeing all the connections that just a simple glass of water has when you give them the ability and the freedom to make all of those associations. So I like to start the year off with the community system and thinking about what makes a healthy community. And they the kids often come to similar conclusions. They'll say, well, there are people in a healthy community system. And then they might name the roles of the people in the system. It might be teachers. It might be students. It might be parents or administrators cafeteria and facility workers, bus drivers, landscaping workers. So they'll start connecting all of these these systems. And it might be in context of their home. It might be in context of the school, or it might be in the broader context of, of a larger community. But I always find that that is a great place to sort of start with the systems conversation. So you were essentially experimenting and you found, oh, this really works and prompts some conversation. You're talking about the younger student at your school, which is K through 12. You also work with kids going all the way up to the fifth grade. So can you talk to us a little bit about some projects you've done with older kids involving systems? So earlier in the semester, I was working with fourth grade and... We did a collaborative project between their classroom teachers and their science teacher, and it became sort of a community system project, actually. We were talking about what what do our future cities look like? What do they need to have in order to be sustainable? And we actually used the UN Global Goals for Sustainability to sort of guide our discussion. And we narrowed in specifically on goal 11, which talks about sustainable, safe, equitable cities. 
And so this project sort of started taking shape and we called it our future Wakanda. And we used some clips from the Black Panther to kind of examine what this idealistic city looks like. What does it have? What doesn't it have? How are the people interacting with each other? We talked about transportation and energy. And we met with a city planner who joined us through Zoom. And she sort of guided us through what uh, a project looks like for her when they're starting to develop different parts of of Atlanta. And so they got together and they started drawing up blueprints. And we use systems thinking in that project to sort of help us pinpoint what our, our future Wakanda would look like. And we ended up using Padlet to do a collaborative systems thinking map because while a lot of us were back in school, we still had a, a fair amount of students who were learning virtually from home, which presented its own unique obstacle and also growth for for flexing our flexibility, I should say. So each class that I worked with had their own link to a Padlet. And once they accessed that link, they could go in and they could add to our growing systems map. And when they found an idea on the systems map that connected to another idea, there's actually a feature in Padlet where you can connect ideas with a line. So this the systems map that started pretty small initially in our brainstorming process ended up turning into this huge web of all of these interconnecting ideas. And from that, we were able to pinpoint what we felt were the most crucial parts of a safe, equitable, sustainable future city. And from there, the kids chose which portions of the city they were going to build out. And then each student was given a eight by eight inch piece of chipboard that they had as their base to build their city block. And then we used graph paper to scale our drawings and to map out what what features we were including. There was even one student who was really interested in focusing on the transportation. So his block actually was just the, the transportation hub. And then because all of these blocks were on display in the hallway after the project had ended, he had actually created tubes that went under the table to show how the transportation system would be all underground. So it was pretty cool. And then when the science teacher came in to work with them after they'd constructed their city blocks with me, they went in with uh, the science teacher and added circuits to make different features of the city. So whether it was city lights, whether it was different park features, I think there was someone who had like a, a roller coaster or theme park, some sort of entertainment piece that was on a motor that moved. So yeah, they, they kind of took bits and pieces from me and from the science teacher and from what we had learned from the city planner and we use systems thinking as like this really great brainstorming section of our project to build out the ideas that we felt were most important. 
So what's great to hear is the ways that imagination was ignited by talking about systems and also this example that you gave us about city planning could be done probably where any school is in a large city or even a rural area because there's all kinds of systems planning where you can also interface with professionals and talk to kids who are bringing their prior knowledge and show them how that happens in the real world. Definitely. And I think that, you know, despite all the constraints we've had this year, I think one of the benefits is that everyone has gotten really comfortable being online. Maybe a couple of years ago, people might be more reticent to use Skype to connect with with people that they would they would rather go visit in person. I think that's kind of just forced everyone to get more comfortable with with finding resources. And I think that when you can invite experts in any field into your classroom, whether it be in person or virtually, but to have that expertise show up, the kids are just so engaged with having that extra voice and that extra person to help guide them through a project. It makes it feel real and it makes it feel authentic. Yeah, I love that. I've also been thinking about the many ways which the leapfrogging of technology and attitudes that was forced by the pandemic can be useful to so many teachers and people in other businesses as well. I think for the kids, helping the adults become more comfortable being online is one of those nice silver linings. So Jocelyn, one of the things you've talked about is mapping. Can you just quickly explain for listeners who maybe aren't acquainted with that what the map mapping piece is in systems? So systems mapping is a lot like your traditional mind map where you might have a central idea or an essential question in the middle and you might circle that idea and then any answer to that question or any connecting idea then becomes a branch off of that main idea and becomes its own little bubble. And then anything that connects to that bubble gets its own branch and a bubble. And so it starts to take on the shape more of a web than a map because once all of those bubbles have been laid out, then you look for the the secondary and the tertiary ideas that then might connect across the map to other ideas. So it ends up being a mind map that has a lot of extra connections to it. And with little kids, it works really well with pictures. So I remember walking with the with the first graders earlier in the year, and we went on a nature walk, and they had their design journals, and they were asked to look at the systems that they could recognize along our walk. And to draw them in their journal. And so there were kids who drew pictures of, of trees and leaves and flowers and butterflies. And then anything that they saw that went with a system that was all part of the same system, I should say, they drew connecting lines from their picture. So it kind of became like a pictogram mind map. And then it was interesting too because there was there's a little creek alongside of our property and a student saw that there was like a deflated recess ball like a kickball that had gotten lost and deflated in the creek and they were like that doesn't belong there so then that actually 
created this great opportunity for a discussion about, well, if you were drawing things that belong to the nature system and you saw this deflated plastic ball or rubber ball, is that part of the nature system? And they were like, no. And so then they were like, well, why is it there? How did it get there? What could we do to prevent other recess balls getting lost in the creek? <laughs> and so I guess that's the beauty of, of systems thinking because you can identify things that are visible, but also things that are not visible because they wouldn't necessarily talk about the pollution system or uh, a recess equipment rule <laughs> system. But that was sort of what was brought into just the simple nature walk of looking like of what was in the nature system. Complexity and broken systems, all of those things are part of real life too. Yeah, exactly. And there's lots more information about mapping and other resources on the Systems Thinking website. So check those out. I want to make sure that we talk about a classroom resource that you found that you absolutely love, which is also easy to use in a high flux or even all online environment at every grade level and is super visual. Let's talk a little bit about the We See cards as systems thinking tools. I feel like this was all just a very serendipitous series of events. I finished the Wildwood workshop last summer and I had all of these ideas and I was ready to go, and then I thought, oh my gosh, I have to teach both in person and virtually, and I have to make my lessons equitable for both formats, and I don't know how I'm going to do this if I don't have some sort of, of tool that's going to be able to help me cross over into both environments. So I spent some time researching and looking online and came across this game called Weezy. And it is a photo card game. And there are 210 cards. And each photo card is either something that's clearly identifiable. So like a bag of green onions or a bunch of rubber bands. But then there are also some photo cards that are a little more abstract based on how close the camera was when it took the photograph, or maybe it's taken through a reflection, so you're not quite sure what it is. So there's a little bit of ambiguity behind it. But I looked at these cards and I said, oh my gosh, like this would be such a great way to introduce systems thinking, especially to young kids, because math in kindergarten and in first grade often connects a lot to observations and to patterning and to sorting and to finding things that are alike and, and unalike. So this was something that I could, I could find and I could use and I could be flexible with how I made it fit into each of these learning formats. So I bought the game and I laminated the cards. And so when working with the game in person in class, I can sanitize all of the cards after each group has used them. And so then I can use them in another class. And then what I do with the kids online is I'll take individual pictures 
of the cards and then I'll upload them into our learning management system. We use Seesaw. And so I'll create an activity template for my virtual learners. And so they can go into that activity and they can individually manipulate each, each picture that I've uploaded as if they were holding a deck of these cards. And so sometimes I'll ask them to look at a stack of cards that I've given them and say, I want you to find the connections between these cards. I want you to have all of the cards connect in some way. And we call these connection webs as kind of my, my own little term I <laughs> created, but they understand web, they understand, they understand connection. So it just sort of fell into place. So sometimes they'll look at two cards and be like, these connect because they both have the color red in them. And then they'll look at another card and say, well, these connect because they both look triangular. Or these connect because they're both made out of metal. Or these both have stripes. Or these both have spots. And so by the end of it, they can put a series of 10 to 15 different cards together that are all completely random and find a way for each of them to connect. And so once they can do that activity, then giving them giving them the option to look around their room, for example, and pick five different objects and try to figure out a system for each of them and how those how those systems connect. It's just really interesting to see like how they can start with something very concrete and visual and then move into a more complex understanding of what a system is and how systems interact with each other. So your brainstorm really worked out because you were able to have the kids engage both in person and online and do something that the group was involved in, but everyone could kind of make their own connections, which is amazing. Yeah, we even tried out doing a partner connection web. So once they made their own, they used a neighbor and while keeping social distance or just using their webcam on the, the Google Meet, they'd hold up a card from their their stack and then their neighbor or their partner would have to find another card that they thought connected and then together they'd have to agree upon uh, a mutual connection that they both saw between the two cards. So smart. So you described for me this city planning project and how the kids took to it, but I know that you also coach your peers, teachers, so can you talk a little bit about how you've been bringing systems to the teacher cohort. This year obviously looks a little different. Our needs have been a little more heavily rooted in the technology side of things and making sure that everyone has the the competencies and the tools that they need to be able to perform just daily functions that used to not require so much bandwidth both <laughs> metaphorically and literally. <laughs> So I've actually started working with a first grade team on a project that they're doing to culminate one of their social studies units. And they're focusing on leadership and what does that look like within, within our school community. And so they've been talking about leadership all year and they really wanted to have this great 
culminating project that would really make the kids feel as if they could participate and and see that they do have the ability to enact change and positive change in their in their community and so we got together and we were brainstorming and we actually used the design thinking process as we were planning out how to do the design thinking process with the students and we talked about using systems thinking as a way to get the kids to think about where does leadership come from within our community at school. And, and there, there are some questions about like, well, are they going to understand those words? Are they going to, are they going to know what these things mean or like what we're trying to get at? And I think one of the, the best learning lessons that I've come across this year is, is like trusting and believing that children are capable of so much more than they're given credit for. There are some things that I expect out of my students that might feel like a tall order to, to other teachers, but I feel like when we give kids the opportunity to rise to the occasion they often do. And we just have to give them space and room to get there. And I think the great thing about systems is that it is a visual representation of all the possibilities and all of the ideas in a very clear, laid out way. It's interesting because this year, more than ever, as you were saying, that visual piece is so important. But for kids, the documentation and the ability to audit the learning and keep referencing it is really one of the strengths. I agree. Jocelyn Piaz, thank you so much for sharing so many concrete ideas here and your inspired integration of systems thinking and learning in ways that teachers everywhere can approach. I hope you'll come back. Thank you. It was my pleasure. You've been listening to Systems Thinking for Kids. For more ideas and information, find us online at systemsthinkingschools.org. And check out our stories on Instagram at systemsthinkingschools. Thank you for listening.